We are on a mission. A mission to save and revitalize independent pharmacy. On the Catalyst Pharmacy Podcast, you'll get actionable business advice. Hear stories from industry leaders. And share a laugh or two with us. Fuel your passion for pharmacy. One conversation at a time. Four. Three. Two. One. Welcome to the Catalyst Pharmacy Podcast. I'm your host, Jeff Key, president of Pioneer RX, and I'm here with my co-host today, Marsha. Hi, I'm Marsha Bivens, Director of Marketing for Pioneer RX. Today, our guest is Nicolette Mathy, and she is the owner of Atrium 24 and Palm Harbor Pharmacy. Nicolette, welcome. So we've known you for years. You years. go all the way back to uh, your PDS days, so... Let's start yeah, there. Yeah, like, time. How did, where, like, where did you get started overall before you split off from PDS and opened your own pharmacy and then started Atrium? So walk us through the journey. Yeah, so now that I think back on it, it, it makes sense. But my parents are both entrepreneurs. They both own their own businesses. So my mom owns a hair salon and my dad's always been in sales. Um, so we never had, you know, like, stable income or benefits or paid vacation or any of those things. We always just had, you know, I had parents who worked a lot and hustled um, and just took a lot of pride in what they did and had a great work ethic. So um, I was the first one in my family to go to college. I didn't even really realize I was, you know, somewhat smart until I got into college. And um, I really liked science and um, I learned about pharmacy, started working at Walgreens when I was 16. And I just, I was really interested in all the memorization of pharmacy. And I loved how, because I'm pretty OCD, so I loved how there's a process for everything. And, you know, you have to do things a certain way. Mm -hmm. Um, So I kind of just got into it that way. And I learned a lot from corporate pharmacy that I liked and that I didn't like. Um, And then I got really uh, deep into transitions of care and, like, Mm -hmm. helping patients uh, be discharged from the hospital And there's a ton of barriers there in medication communications. These patients have new diagnoses. They're upset. They don't Mm -hmm. remember everything that was told to them in the hospital. Mm -hmm. They they try to get these new medications filled. They have trouble. They don't take them. Mm -hmm. They're too expensive. They're you know all the roadblocks. Uh, Then they go home. They have new meds. They have old meds. They have new diagnoses. They don't know. So. being part of that piece, being the pharmacist in transitions of care for a big hospital system here in Florida, BayCare, mm-hmm. that was really uh, rewarding. And um, there was a lot of business to that, too, because it was marketing, which is what a lot of what I do right now is sales and marketing and doctor detailing. Mm-hmm. Okay. So you were doing that even in transitions of care because you were trying to meet all the nurses and the case managers and the prescribers and the you know, round on the discharge teams. Yep. So that part was all really cool. And um, that's how I got connected with with PDS is I, I was working for BayCare, creating transitions to care programs. I think we created like 20 different programs that we would um, deliver to. I was opening pharmacies for BayCare, uh, meeting with all the different hospital teams and systems. But um, probably any normal person would have stayed with that career forever because it was really solid, huge hospital system, amazing benefits. But um, coming from an entrepreneurial family, 
it, it was hospital. It was a lot of red tape. Right. You couldn't Bureaucracy. move mm-hmm. as quickly as I wanted to. Yeah. Yep. And I wanted to help people and I wanted to grow and I wanted to do all these things. And I'm very impatient. Um, you know, so with retail, we all want it now, now, now. Yep. And we want to do all the things and, and you couldn't do that with hospitals. So, um, I, I met the PDS folks. I went to one of their shows a long time ago and, um, I actually saw Jason Turner on the stage and he was talking about his sync program, um, and how he had licensed it to PDS and all this. And I knew nothing about truly, I knew nothing about independent pharmacy at that time. I knew nothing about PDS. I knew nothing about mm-hmm. this whole really cool business sector. Um, I knew nothing about the vendors at the conference. It was just like a whole new world for me. And I was so excited. So I contacted PDS and I said, Hey, I built all these programs for all these transitions of care models that your independent pharmacies can all plug in to their local hospitals and health systems. Mm -hmm. Maybe you want to license all the things that I made, all the workflows and the marketing and the meeting structures and the templates and the timelines. Um, And so I I had an hour long Zoom uh, with Dan, the owner, and at the end of the Zoom, I didn't even think he was still there. I didn't think he was listening. I thought maybe <laughs> he wasn't interested. I was like, oh, okay, well. Um, but he said, okay, I want you to come work for me. And I said, well, no, that's not. That wasn't the plan. <laughs> right. I'm sorry. I have a job. It's, yeah. It's is, a great job. Is this on? Is this on? I, yeah. I live here um, uh, in Palm Harbor, like right near Clearwater Beach. Mm-hmm. My husband's a fisherman. Like we're not moving. Uh, but he said, no, you can work remote. And this was before remote working was even a thing right. about mm-hmm. a decade ago. So that's how it all kind of started. I was given that wonderful opportunity. And a lot of times now when I think back on it, it feels like that was like my postgraduate education because I was able to learn so much about independent pharmacy and the business side of owning the pharmacy. So I already knew the patient care side. I already had mm-hmm. my doctorate and I knew how to take care of patients and how to be the last person that they talk to before they put that medication down the hatch. Cause yep. that's scary. Yeah. You don't know what's going to happen. What do I expect? You know? Um, but now I got to learn about the business side and then going back to how I grew up, it was just perfect. I loved it. I just still can't get enough. So what, what uh, describe some of your activities at PDS? What, 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 what did you do? Like on a weekly basis? So it was um, not very structured. And I mean that in a good way. I I actually prefer things that way. Um, So I was the director of clinical services. And um, it was a ton of R&D. So I was always trying to find out and even traveling and going to, I think I visited over 100 pharmacies around Mm -hmm. the country. Um, I traveled like 32 times in one year. Just uh, learning what are all these smart pharmacy owners doing around the country and where are they seeing success? Okay. And then um, how can we turn it into a turnkey program that could be plugged into other independent pharmacies around the country um, and just save these owners a lot of time and money and, and headache and heartache uh, by helping them to put these services in their community um, and help more people. That was pretty much the job. Yep. Hmm. And, and you did that for how long? Um, I was with PDS for about five years. And when you broke off and started your own pharmacy, Palm Harbor. She graduated. It's like broke. Well, so. you're right. Exactly. Graduated. <laughs> break. Yeah, that's true. That, that, you know, you, that would you, be. You graduated. What was weird about that was I worked for PDS. Um, 
full time and Mm -hmm. that was my whole job. And I missed my patients and I missed, um, I missed being part of a team Mm -hmm. in the pharmacy because, you know, in the pharmacy, you know, it's usually your team, your family, you come Mm -hmm. in every day, you cut up with them. Somebody's always bringing snacks, but all the girls are on a diet, you know, but we're all eating the snacks. Like if you cut eight pieces off the donut throughout the day, that doesn't count. So mm-hmm. I missed, <laughs> I missed that. I missed celebrating birthdays and being in person. Yeah. Um, and I just, I really missed having patients and like local prescribers to talk to and solve problems and create new programs myself and try it out. Right. And I'm mm-hmm. a really ha- hands-on person. So when I was working for PDS for a few years, um, I decided I wanted to buy my own pharmacy. I didn't want to just kind of like be on a shelf telling other people what to do. It just didn't feel genuine to me. Yeah. No, I could see that. Yeah. So I, I, it actually took me two years, um, here in, in Palm Harbor, Florida, where I live because we're in a heat zone. And so Florida's known for a lot of things. Uh, and one of them is fraud. Mm -hmm. So, uh, it's, it, there are, there's just a lot of regulation in Florida, which is good. But if you're going to start your own pharmacy in a heat zone, it could take you years to get all of your insurance contracts if you're even right. going to get them. Mm-hmm. So um, I, I set out to try to buy a pharmacy in Florida. Um, but I, I literally went through three or four pharmacies all the way through the dil- due diligence and legal and said, no, absolutely not. I even worked on the bench at one pharmacy and um, kind of like a working interview type thing. Yeah. And there were so many red flags. I just, after that day, I was like, I will never oh, no. come anywhere near this pharmacy. So uh, I, I finally found one to buy um, about five years ago. And uh, it's funny when I bought it, uh, you know, everybody was like, oh, okay. So you're quitting your consulting job at PDS. You're leaving. You're going, I said, no, do them both. I said, I'm going to own my pharmacy. And I'm going to work for PDS and I'm going to plug in the programs myself and tinker right. with them. Right. It's yeah. my, my real test kitchen. It's that was idea. always my dream. That's, and, like, that's uh, the I, best I thing it. ever is to, is to, if, cause I mean, there's several processes that I've created for within our organization and, it, and it's not good unless you can eat your own dog food and go, this needs to get better. Right. And continue to enhance exactly. and grow it. And so. so is that Palm Harbor? That's the one you have to own today? Yep, yeah. Palm Harbor Pharmacy. And that's yeah. near where, did you live in that area before? That was? Yes. So you got lucky to find a pharmacy near where you lived already. Yeah, I had to. That was one of my conditions because I, I my whole family lives here. Um, mm-hmm. Like I said, my, my husband's a fishing captain. We were both born and raised within like a few mile radius of here. Um, my parents are nearby. His parents are nearby. Uh, we have three kids, so the nine of us are a unit. We go on vacation together all the time. We go to mm-hmm. dinner all the time. Like, So the moving was not an option. Yeah. And I didn't want to be far away from my pharmacy. I wanted to be in my community right? Mm-hmm. and be able to help my neighbors. Yeah, I was just saying, to go through so many ones you didn't get, I mean, there can't be that many pharmacies. Um, uh, we're pretty saturated here. Are you pretty saturated? Yeah. Yeah. Huh. That area has exploded too, right? Lots of new people moving in. Yeah, it's crazy. House prices going through the roof. Oh, the housing market. Forget it. Like you could sell your house for a ton of money right now. But you can't buy one. I don't know what you're going to do. Yeah. Right. Yeah. 
that that's the same thing that's uh, in ha- happening here in, in Texas too during the pandemic. It's like everybody yeah. moved from California and went to Texas, Tennessee, and Florida, and not just Florida, Tampa. Yes, Tampa. Yeah, the big the biggest pipe from California was into Tampa. Mm-hmm. And I found area. this really cool heat map that showed, and it's it started with 2018. And it shows basically the heat map of California and all these tiny little red dots and where everybody is migrating to from California. Um, And it was funny. We actually went to California for a customer visit. And this Uber driver was like, oh, y'all are taking a lot of our a lot of our people. I'm like, no, we're not. We want to send them back. They're driving up right, our housing exactly. prices. <laughs> Buying everything up. Take them back. They're like, yeah, you live near Chip and Joanna Gaines. I'm like, sure. That's- and that started before the pandemic. Because I remember when mm-hmm. I moved here, whatever, four years ago, mm-hmm. maybe. Um, and and as the grocery store and said we're new. They're like, oh, are you from California? I was like, mm-hmm. no, from Louisiana. Yeah. Well, I think the heat map That's started in 2018. Thing. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So mm-hmm. keep going. So So you picked up Paul Harbor and you started doing that and PDS at the same time. Yeah. And then, you know, I, I have a really strong vision about what we need to do in independent pharmacy. And I'm frustrated, uh, like a lot of us are. Mm-hmm. So it has to do with, uh, you know, I've been on the speaking circuit now that we're back in, uh, yep. you know, face-to-face shows, which I love. And I, that just really energizes me and gives me motivation. But, oh, yeah. um, we all, I, I talk a lot about, we're all really good operators and we're really good at workflow and compliance and legal and all that stuff. We have that locked in, mm-hmm. uh, but not many of us focus on or are good at or invest properly in sales and marketing of our pharmacies. And so I like to think of it as two completely different departments in your business, because this is a business. You have your workflow and your operations, Mm -hmm. and then you have your sales and marketing. And most pharmacies don't. They don't have, and I'm like, who runs your sales and marketing division? And who do you, who do you, you know, are you out as the pharmacy owner when I consult with them? Are you out repping and talking to doctors and letting everybody know all the services? Um, And that's kind of extreme, right? Doctor detailing and that's Mm -hmm. daunting, but all marketing, that's physical marketing, but how's your digital marketing? How's your website? You probably do 80 different services in your pharmacy, products and services and specialties. Mm -hmm. Are they all listed on your website? Every single one of them? Do you have landing pages for all of them? Are you doing social media posts with call to actions? Do you have handouts and flyers? Do you have a a strategy? And um, I'm not perfect at it. It's, it's never done. It's never good enough. So that part's kind of frustrating. You're never done with marketing, but you know, I don't care whether you're selling pizzas or hats or you own a pharmacy, you have to have a sales and marketing strategy and plan. And you have to be hitting it hard all the time. Uh, because how many times do, do we hear in my own store? Oh, I didn't know you guys did that. Right. Mm -hmm. I didn't even know you were here. I didn't know. And that's so frustrating because how do we get in front of that? And you'll never be fully there. Right. Yeah. Well, it starts with they have to be, they have to get out of the pharmacy, right? They have to figure out what it takes, whether it's a half day a week to start off with, they got to get out, right? They have to. You do. You have to know. But it's outside your comfort zone too. Well, then, then you're in the wrong, 
wrong business probably, right? Because you've got well, to, you know, for independent pharmacy to succeed, they have to be this flexible group that solves problems. Right. And, and every community is going to have different problems to solve. You know, more, the more, the people we talk to on here that are successful are involved in their, they know their, their community is coming to them and asking them to solve problems. Right. They're right. talking to public, the, the people at public health know who they are. Right. And, and they're not necessarily going in, you know, some of the things that, you know, they're, they're making th- relationships with, right. um, like the, not just the doctor's office, but the, uh, the nursing homes, um, like Eric Larson, Eric, he's a great example of that. Um, we were at, we, we were visiting his pharmacy when he got a call for, Hey, I've got COVID vaccines for you. Can you pick them up and dish them out today? And he goes, cool. I know just the nursing home to go straight to with, with them. And so. Well, and that was because of his relationship yeah. with public health. Yeah. Public health couldn't get it done. They had stuff back and they said, we need some way to get this done. Yeah. Hey, this guy's been in here saying, can I help you? Let's call him and see if he can help us. And that's the, yes. and I love that, that, you know, and that's, you know, one thing that when marketing, people are so often want to be when they start trying it okay well let me go around talking about me you know let me go around with my brochure that has the 20 services that i have or the 40 services that they have and let me overwhelm them with blah 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 when really they need to come in you know with the pie or whatever but really they need to be going in with hey you know i'm independent like you Uh, i'm in healthcare like you down the street down here what problems are you having? You got problems that I can solve, you know, and, yeah. and really listening and then saying, oh, well, we have this thing that might do that. Or just saying, wow, that's interesting. And going back and brainstorming and coming back and saying, hey, I think we've come up with something, you know, how much even cooler than that. Even if you had something in your list, not pulling it out at that time. You know, going back and waiting until you come back the next time and say, hey, you know, I talked to Dr. and so-and-so about a week ago, and I think I have a solution to this problem or a way Mm -hmm. I can help. Um, Yep, that's exactly right. And, you know, since so many pharmacists and pharmacy owners are perfectionists um, and they like to have all the answers, a lot of times they'll, they'll get in their own way. Right. Just like you said, you know, they'll say, oh, I'm fixing to go out there and I'm fixing to go market, but I need to get all my materials right and I need to get all my... No, just go out yeah. and talk and ask them questions. Exactly like you said. You guys know mm-hmm. that we have um, we have Jen Roleski who works with us. She's our Eli Lilly trained farmer rep. And it's so funny. She's been um, – actually, Atrium turns three uh, on Monday. So my the wow. consulting firm, Atrium 24, will be three years old. Congratulations. Uh, in a couple of days here. Yeah, thank you. Uh, and so Jen's been with us almost the whole time. And her coming from pharma – I learned so much just by picking her brain and understanding like, how did Lily teach you and what did they teach you and what Mm -hmm. kind of technology did they give you and what were the metrics and how did they determine like your, your territory and your Mm -hmm. goals and your messaging and just all the things that it's so fascinating. And it's funny, we even made it a verb. Um, You just need to go and generaleski them, which means (laughs) ask them a bunch of questions. Right. Yep. So like, me, I don't know if it's because I'm a pharmacist or if it's just my personality type, but it makes me kind of uncomfortable to go up to someone I don't know and ask them a lot of questions. 
I'm more comfortable, like you really? said, talking about myself and even making fun of myself. Like, I don't care. But I don't know. It just feels a little off to me to go and ask questions. But that's what you have to do. Yeah. yeah it's, that, it's, that's surprising because every time we see you at PDS, you're like, hey, I got a question. Hey, I got a question. Yeah, it just, it, it seems to me. Because I know you guys. <laughs> it, it would seem to me that it would be scarier to feel like I needed to be prepared with, uh, you know, practice in the mirror, you know, other than just, hey, just go talk. Just go ask them, yeah. what, how can you help them? Y- you know, that kind of. Maybe kinda... that's why, yeah. Maybe that's why pharmacy owners are scared. Yeah. Because they think they have to have it perfect. Right. And, you know, they're not just going to pop out. They're going to want to have the whole plan. Well, let me plan out my marketing structure for the rest of the year. Yeah. It's like, just go. Yeah, I think that's it. You just need to go. You know, start with making an appointment at your local public health, right? And go down and sit down and yeah. talk to them and say, hey, what problems can we solve? You know, because they're yeah. always needing staff and, and and the high schools and the other. And just, I just think it's it, the same way, so, you know, whether you're selling pharmacy software. So often right, you, yeah. you'll get somebody on the trade show floor and, and they want to, you know, well, let me show you blank, 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 blank. And, and half that stuff may not apply. You know, you want to start off with a and really yeah. learning about some a person and, and what their challenges are and, and what problems can you solve for them. So that's interesting. All right. So you got Palm Harbor going and that led into yeah. a tr- and you left PDS and decided you wanted the full yep. full entrepreneurial picture. Imagine that probably that time commitment was holding you back. So so then you started Atrium twenty four. And what, what was the what's the goals of Atrium twenty four? So Atrium 24, very specifically, I wanted something um, from our technology piece that was very specific. And uh, I'm not there yet, but we're actually very close. We're launching a new piece of software uh, within the next couple months. uh, And I truly think it's going to revolutionize everything we do at Independent Pharmacy uh, because, and I've wanted this for over a decade we have so much data and we have so much technology that we all use on a daily basis, Mm -hmm. uh, too much. Probably we all have too many dashboards, too many logins, too many reports. Uh, there's never enough time in the day. So, uh, I think what, what kind of started me in this thought process about a decade ago was I don't like free text and I don't like wasting time on, um, just where, where is my time best spent? Or if I'm going to get on a phone call and talk to a pharmacy owner, I just want to be able to look at a quick dashboard about what's going on in their business Mm -hmm. and be able to understand exactly what I need to see as Nicolette, like what's going on in that pharmacy so that I don't have to get on the phone and ask them all these questions that, that could have been answered by data, if that makes sense. Okay. Back to the not liking there's there's a, yeah, there's, there's a huge data component to consulting that I don't think has been tapped into at all yet. I mean, there's, uh, it seems like in the industry, and this is completely my opinion and, and how I feel about it, but it seems like in the pharmacy industry, you have these SaaS companies, so like straight software companies, dashboards, and you log in and you use the thing, right? Mm-hmm. Right. They might have customer service or whatever. And then you have consulting firms where it's completely free text. It's completely relationship based. It's completely a a feeling 
right? And you might be able to calculate some return on investment in consulting, mm-hmm. or does it make you feel better? Does it make your life easier? Those kind of things. Mm-hmm. But those are so intangible to me. And I'm so data driven that I, I'm not comfortable with that. So I, I, my dream is to merge the two together and to be able to consult with data and software, and then to be able to, to actually use your data and software when you're consulting. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's, you know, for a decade, I've worked in, um, you know, jobs where we had the data, but I still had a ton of questions. Yeah. And pharmacy's hard. Um, it's you know, uh, of course we play for, you know, play right. We want to give better data to the customers, but the, the hard part of the data of pharmacy is all your DIRs and GER and rebates that may or may not be what you expect them to be. So you start thinking about KPIs and things like that. It's really, really, everything's just very retrospective. You know, it's very three yep. months from now, I need to have a good accountant, um, inventory management, cost of inventory of goods, not well tracked. It's weird again, because of the, um, rebates, it's really not what I paid for it or something like that. So what, what kind of stuff, when you're looking at data, what kind of things are you looking at? You know, what's interesting to me is I always go back to the sales and marketing. So there's tons of software companies out there. And, and I mean, we use pioneer in my own pharmacy, of course, and I love, the software. I love how robust it is. You guys are constantly updating it and you know the industry, you know what's going on. You have some really smart people in the industry who use your software um, and who provide a lot of feedback. Mm-hmm. So that part's good. I'm not trying to reinvent that part. I'm not trying to reinvent operations and workflow. I mean, even at Atrium, we work with a lot of companies who they are software companies, SaaS, they offer analytics and tools on all those things you mentioned about your mm-hmm. inventory, about your uh, workflow, about your DIR fees and your Medicare plan comparison selections and all that stuff that's not my favorite. Um, so what I like to focus on is sales and marketing okay. and business growth and then using data points to, to track that and to actually tell me, okay, if I'm going to, like you said, if I'm going to spend, you know, as a pharmacy owner, if I'm going to go out every Tuesday Mm-hmm. and go visit and rep, just tell me what to do. And the data can actually tell you exactly what to do. So you're, you're more uh, focused on the owner workflow, the, the workflow of being much. a business owner. So like you said, it's, it's marketing, mm-hmm. it's sales, and then it's operations. So the data can tell you, the data can tell you what type of doctors you need to talk to. Is that, is that what, or, or what locations to go to? I guess that where your patient zip codes are yep. coming from and that kind of thing. Yep. The data can tell you everything you need to know about sales and marketing. Um, as far as who to visit, why, with what message, when, where, what's the optimal route to take, how do I keep track of it? What are some triggers and alerts and all those things? Mm -hmm. And those things are in our new software, but you can't just have that. You also have to have consulting. And so Atrium actually has a handful of pharma reps on staff now who consult for our pharmacy owners because we'll have some of our clients call us when they're in the parking lot and they're like, okay, I'm going into this dermatology office. Um, I'm, I'm providing a lunch, you know, and we have to teach them all the nuance about lunches, right? Mm-hmm. It's, there's mm-hmm. a, there's an, an art and a lot of nuance to providing lunch at a provider's office to make it as valuable as possible. So we help them, we coach them through all that, but they just kind of need a pep talk sometimes 
when they're in the parking lot. Mm-hmm. What am I saying? What am I asking? What am I doing? When am I going to follow up? What am I? So we, that's where I, that's where I like the consulting piece to be. I don't want to spend our consulting time doing things that a, that a data platform could have done for us. The consulting time has to be from the person to person and more of like the relationships and like, like coaching, like pumping you up, like, okay, you're going to go in there. You're going to ask them, do they currently write compounds? Do they send anywhere? Do they like pharmacy? Do they have any problems? Just like you said, you're going to ask them questions. This is what you're doing. So what marketing or, or sales books are you kind of recommending for them to read to help get them energized and, and inspired to go out and talk to people, get out of their comfort zone? Because, I mean, that's what some of these, these books do is they help inspire yeah. and get you kind of pumped up to go, okay, I read this chapter. I'm so pumped. I'm ready to execute this thing I just read. So what would you say are your top five books that you recommend? Do you know what's funny? I don't like business books. Okay. So no books whatsoever. No, we, I feel like we have enough to do and our, our industry is so complicated mm-hmm. and so multifaceted and so unique. Um, I read a lot. I read 52 books last year, but wow. they're all just nonsense. Just they're kind of to checking like turn out. My brain off. That's just entertainment. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Right. Um, which is funny cause, uh, I mean, I have a business coach and, um, you know, every consultant that I've ever talked to likes to recommend books and everything. Do you guys read books? Do you like business books? Yeah. I mean, I'll listen to some on the way to work sometimes, um, or, or flip between that and a podcast. Um, or if I'm sitting somewhere too long, then I'll open up the Kindle app on my phone and flip through. Um, the one that I really enjoy listening to, and I've listened to it a lot on repeat, uh, Chris Voss never split the difference. Um, it, it helps with just uh, overall negotiating and, and answering problems and really helps with negotiating with children, teenagers. Um, yeah, I, I think you need to have a, a source of ideas, okay? Yep. So that source can be podcast, that source can be um audiobooks it yep. can be um what a ted talks um mm-hmm. but you can't invent everything in your head i i can tell you that i have never read a section from a business book and not applied it to something that day yeah that's interesting i wonder if that rings true and, and uh, Kelly Babcock also, like a lot of her stuff, I mean, she reads a bunch of marketing and, and self-help books and she's applying them in her <coughs> in her world and in her talks. Yeah, there, there, there's some things that aren't, but, but, but if they're getting it from a person, you can get it from somebody. You can get it from mm-hmm. a class or you can get it from the, but, but there are certainly things in my mind that aren't intuitive to people about how, especially Chris Voss's book on negotiation, is really right. powerful. Just simple things and techniques when you talk about um, reflection, um, you, you know, um, posing somebody what somebody has said back to them, um, giving people air by um, by doing that. You know, it's great. Uh, that's mm-hmm. um, who is uh, Seven Habits of Highly Effective People, where he tells the story of of the, his son who came and telling him he wanted to quit school. You know, and and how that that conversation goes poorly. By 
the parent going, oh, no, you can't quit school. School's super important. And and I did school and I did this. And, and instantly that conversation became about the parent and the difference of reflecting back and giving that person air, you know, so you want to quit school. Mm-hmm. And then, then they, feel, them like, the they feel like they have to, to talk. explain. And, and, you know, it comes out that uh-huh. the, he was being bullied. And nothing about wanting to quit. Wow. He just it was, it was bullying at school. And and the parent going on about how important school was had nothing to do with, with what was actually going on. And you needed, problem, to, you needed right. to get air out by just reflecting back what the person just said and just pausing and listening and giving them the space. So <clears throat> so those are things that aren't intuitive. And you, you got to get them somewhere. You can get them on a podcast. You can get them in a book. Uh, you can get them. Now, yeah, I, I, think, I could see that. I think business books are, you know, the, many times the first two chapters are everything and the last half yeah. of it is and something there's, there. There are some of them that I'll start to read. And then after you get through the first three to four chapters, then the next one starts to repeat. And you're like, okay, I've already read this. They're yeah, just I, seeing the same thing, yeah. but yeah. different characters. You know, a lot of my formative was Zig Ziglar and, and all of his sales tapes and stuff at that time. You know, I didn't get to go see Zig Ziglar in person, but you know, I've probably heard his tapes a, a thousand times, but I, I definitely heard, I, I've worked with people before. Um, I had a boss at one point who was that way. I don't, I don't like business books. Well, hopefully person who's not getting business books is surrounding themselves by people and getting those, I, I, you know, and, and, and getting things that you can build upon, <clears throat> you know, even current, um, and, and we read a lot of, in early on days, read a lot of marketing books and stuff like that. And when when Pioneer got started 14, 15 years ago, you know, we were like, oh, hey, we got to sell. I guess we need to figure that out how to do that, right? And you had some Ziglar background, but you talk about the Red Book of Selling, and you, you, you talk about things like that, and you start studying. and Little Black Book and, of Contacts. Um, yeah, I mean, everything you've been talking about, Atrium, I was like, hmm, Little Red Book of Sales, uh, Little Black Book of Contacts, Get a Mer- That I mean, that's a great starting point, too. And, and it's a really small book. Books on discount strategy and not discounting and how you place, you know, there a lot of things like that. And, and um, you know, hey, we got a market. Well, Purple Cow, you know, really thinking about yeah. what that means, um, how you have remarkable products and, and things like that. So, so you got to get it somewhere. And yeah. And you got to have a way, though, and I think maybe what I hear you're saying, the one thing, is if you're doing it how they're doing it in the book, you're not the best at it. So you got to try to figure, because everybody's reading the same books, you know, you got to look at what. Well, it's reading the book and then putting your own flair on it. Right. you got to be able to take it, what's the next step? Right. Right. What's the, um, you know, pretty much. I would say over the last 14 years, we've outmarketed the competition at, at Pioneer. And, and whether that be SEO or whether that be, but that's knowing what was out there and, and trying and taking it to the next step and, and trying to go outside of the industry. You know, a lot of times you have industries that aren't as progressive in one place or the other. And I think independent, even pharmacy, I wouldn't say that Walgreens or CVS are excellent marketers. So I think there's a yeah. huge opportunity. Yeah, that's just about convenience. And, and for independent pharmacies, Purple Cows is the perfect beginner marketing book because it's about, you know, how do you look different and get their attention? So people are driving by and going, oh, I'm going to use that community pharmacy instead of the Walgreens, the same black and white cow I see every day. Yeah. And I think sometimes right. we get jaded because – you know, like people have been doing marketing for a long time and they think, oh yeah, okay, Purple Cow, that was, 
that was 15 years ago. You know, it's kind of what's it new. Still applies. But it's still very applicable. It's still very applicable. <clears throat> and to somebody, this concept about how do you make, you know, her, her dad's air conditioning business, he painted all of his trucks bright red. Yeah. They are all bright fire red, engine red with air conditioning trucks. Well, with like, um, God, massive size, le yellow, yellow lettering on top of this red. So you can see them a mile away. And it was the best advertising ever because he could just drive around and they go, oh, yeah, cool. There it is. Instead you're, of it you're being the guy another, with the red truck. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Um, and, I like and, that. Yep. So do you do you put so so you're building this this atrium software to kind of pull and tell people what they do? Is there a and marketing? Is there a digital side of that? Are you pulling digital information into that? Are you looking at, um, you know, SEO and keywords and placement and like local Google traffic reviews? That side of that. This nope. is really this is a detailing nope. software. Yep. But, yeah. This is f physical marketing. Yeah. The digital the. Right. The mm -hmm. right. The person to person. In, it's, it's the relationship yep. building. Yep. And of course, digital marketing is so important. Um, we invest a ton in digital marketing here in my own pharmacy. Um, our website is really great. We have over 900 five star reviews that are all organic on our pharmacy site. Nice. Um, we're, yeah, we're uh, we're constantly adding two new landing pages a month, two new blogs a month, always with new products and services. Uh, Florida pharmacists were just approved to test and treat, um, and it's pretty unique. We can now test and prescribe for flu, COVID, strep, uh, UTI, and skin infections and mm -hmm. lice. Um, wow! So we're we're yeah. So we're putting a clinic in my pharmacy, and we're actually uh, separating it. So when you walk in, to the left is the pharmacy and the dispensing, mm -hmm. and to the right uh, will be the check-in and the clinic, but you can do all the online appointments and all the things we got really good at during COVID. Um, so we're really trying to separate, even in the patient's mind, that this is kind of like an urgent care, but better mm -hmm. because you can actually, we have a full suite pharmacy that's attached to the clinic um, and pharmacists who are medication experts who are actually seeing you. Uh, so it is, um, is that without an agreement with a doctor? So this, the pharmacist can just test and treat on those without any kind of relationship? We do have to have um, an agreement with a provider. Okay. Um, okay. But it's just standard. It's just like your vaccine um, protocols. What does the provider get out of that agreement? Um, you know, the provider, and this, this reminds me of Amina. I've worked really closely with Amina for years, and we uh, built programs together back back in the day. Mm -hmm. And the provider gets to, you know, if it's just something acute, like you have a symptomatic patient who might have strep or something, that's really clogging up the provider's day. Okay. Um, and they would almost rather see uh, more chronic patients and patients that they can bill out for more complex visits. Um, so a lot of times they don't mind sending um, just acute type appointments like that, mm -hmm. that honestly they can't bill too much for. They don't mind sending that to you. Do you though, um, do you refer to them if, if that patient isn't, you know, if you, uh, they have sore throat and stuff, you test them for strep, they don't have strep. Do you say maybe you should go see this doctor or. We do. So always in all the protocols, there's a, there's an escalation plan and it's like, if this, then this, or if this, then this. And so there's always, mm -hmm. um, 
places where you uh, have to refer the patient. Um, but it all comes down to your physical marketing and your relationships. Mm-hmm. Do you have a provider who you could just go ask like, hey, will you sign off on this? We're all just taking care of people in town. Um, and we do. We have quite a few who, who sign off on our protocols here. Your husband's a fisherman. Wasn't he a fireman? Yeah. At one point or worked and then y'all and then he decided to like or y'all decided together like, hey, cool, I'm just going to go to fishing and he does tours, right? Yep. Yeah, that's a good memory. Is that deep sea fishing or? No. It's just inshore. Inshore. Okay. Okay. And how, so so how is that business going? um, This has been uh, his busiest year ever. Um, he got shut down a little bit during COVID. Yeah. And so he actually home- homeschooled our kids for like 10 weeks, which wasn't his favorite, but, <laughs> uh, but I was, I had to work, you know, I was here at the pharmacy. Mm-hmm. Um, but back in the day, so we've been together since high school and, um, we got married when we were 21 and he became a firefighter, like right about then too. And I remember we were at the church and, you know, going through all the mm-hmm. premarital, like courses and aptitude tests and all this stuff. And, uh, the, our priest, father Joe was like, okay, everything looks good here, kids. But cause we were like 19, 20 going through the, the courses. He's everything looks good, but you don't have jobs. <laughs> so how are you gonna, yeah. And we were like, oh, it's okay. Um, we got I worked part time at Walgreens and then I was, I was, um, getting ready to go to pharmacy school. So the, the, the spring we got married, I started the graduate portion like the last four years mm-hmm. later that year. Um, so I wasn't able to work much, but he got hired as a fireman like right around then, right when we were like 2021. 20, um, so he worked as a firefighter and a fishing guide because he had always fished. And um, so he started uh, just doing like charters, fishing captain here in Clearwater Beach area. Mm-hmm. So he was doing both. He was super busy. And then he supported us while I was in school. And then, um, I graduated and right when I graduated, we started having kids. So I graduated in 2010 and we had our kids in 11, 12 and 13. Oh, wow. And so, and he, yeah. And, uh, and so he was still doing both fishing and firefighting. And so I, I told him, you know, cause I had spreadsheets going on who was taking care of the kids like in the morning before he would get home. <laughs> there's that OCD. So I could go into the yeah. Hospital. There's that OCD. Yeah. So I could go in the hospital and start working and like we had neighbors and moms and everybody helping us out. And then finally I was like, okay, you need to pick one. So which one are you going to do? And of course he picked the one with no benefits or no (laughs) no, (laughs) real, (laughs) real stable income. But I mean, it was scary when he was a firefighter because he was on a lot of really dangerous calls. Mm -hmm. Um, And he was, he was gone for like 26 hours at a time. Yeah. Um, He was gone on holidays a lot of times. And so it's, um, anybody with, uh, with a loved one in, um, like that type of, of service, service industry. It's scary. Well, you should be it's able to help him. His, his marketing should be all over the place, right? This should be. See, I knew, yeah. I knew he went to the, y'all were starting that and that was going to be his profession. And I've been like thinking and considering like, hmm, maybe I should just bring Mark down there and like send him off with your husband fishing. So Mark uh, has a friend who lives, um, uh, in Tampa, they are in, they're no, they're like an hour North of Clearwater. Right. I friend is the, from the military. From Air Force, good, yeah. good friend. Um, they yeah. went and visited yeah. them 
a couple of months ago. Yeah, we went to visit them in April because it was his best friend's birthday. And then uh, they met us up in Savannah when we went to go pick up Mackenzie from SCAD. But um, yeah, so I've been meaning to bring him down so he can, because he loves fishing. And I, every time he his um, dad threatened to take me out on a fishing boat, I was like, okay, you do. I'm going to jump out of the boat and I'm going to swim circles around it just to scare the fish. So it's nice here, like Clearwater Beach, and he stays inshore. Yeah. So you, you're never far offshore. You don't get seasick or anything like that. So yeah. it's, it's really pretty. Yeah. They, they went fishing in uh, Savannah and uh, around Hilton Head and um, Tybee Beach. So that was, and they caught a, a, a few things. They were fascinated that the redfish weren't red. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I guess in the Atlantic, and, and on the, the Atlantic redfish side, aren't red they're and not they're red, red in the Gulf. And Yeah. Maybe they're red in the Gulf because they're, all the. They're darker. What I now? Guess? No. No? I would say they're more like gold or like. Yeah. Like a dark color. And they have that big black spot on their tail. Yeah, I think they were more the ones they caught outside of Savannah were more silvery, yeah, than gold. Yeah, um, but yeah. So you first baby was 2010, so that means you're starting seventh grade this year or sixth grade. Yep, she just started sixth. Oh, oh wow. wow! So sixth, fifth, yeah. and fourth are they just like boom, boom, boom? Sixth, fifth, and fourth. Um, sixth, fifth, and third because he's an October baby, so he was. The next year. So they get along well being that close together in age or? They get along pretty well. Um, it's two girls and a boy. The boy's the younger one. Yep. Yep. The boy's the baby. He's the prince. That means he's annoying sometimes, but cute, I guess. Yes. That, yeah, that's how Mackie, Mackie acted with Cohen. It's like, okay, you're cute. No, you're walking and talking now. You're less cute. But it's, but they're back to. It goes into love-hate relationship, but now they're back into loving each other. So, like, they missed each other while she was in SCAD for two weeks. It was so funny because uh, when she saw him after two weeks, she walked up and hugged him. And he's like, I'm a new man. She gave me a hug. And oh, then talking sweet. about um, how, you know, when people are talking about their family, she's like, my brother's nice. And she's like, he was like, let's go get a lottery ticket. <laughs> He was yeah. so excited because now she likes him and now he's in, he's huggable and he's nice. So Aww. yeah, I know. When we took him to eat this week, they uh, they sat by each other. Mm-hmm. They're like, my wife was like, "Y'all sit by the arson by each other." It's usually boy, it's boy, funny with, girl, with girl. the three kids. It's like the three when the three of them are playing together. There's usually a problem, but if it's two of them, it's better. You so they kind of like take turns on who to pair off with and then which one plays alone. And who so gets that's, ganged that's up that's on usually them. the best. Is there mm. like a gang yeah. up situation? No, they don't gang up yet. No? They just, I don't know. The, the oldest is the diva. She's exactly like me. So she's just, <laughs> she's really, she's really organized. Uh, but she's like, she's really bossy at the same time. And uh, if they're going to make up a game she's like okay you're going to do this and you're going to do this and then we're going to do it like this and then we have to and they get frustrated because they're like why do you get to make all the rules and she's just mm-hmm. little so mama when she plays yeah when she plays by herself it's better <laughs> when is um any fun family vacation yeah is coming any- up or just past uh well we just came back from the keys that was fun where at but it's key largo uh, we went to marathon uh we go to marathon okay okay every year and we rent a big house. So we had, my husband, um, loves people and, okay. um, I, I don't all the time. Um, but, but he'll invite everybody to everything. 
So we had uh, 17 people, I think, in this house. Oh, wow. And it was <laughs> that is a lot. 10 adults. <laughs> yeah. yeah. 10 adults and seven kids. And we had like three boats and all kinds of dogs. And it, oh, it was my fun. Goodness. It was yeah. a good time. The water's pretty down there for sure. Yeah. It was nice. Did y'all do snorkeling and? Yep, all the things, all the Florida things. Yeah. All the Florida things. Like, I got to get back down there to scuba. Yep. So, we're divers, not snorkelers. Yeah. So, last time we went down there, um, actually, it was funny because we our master diver was guiding us, and um, I had my GoPro with me because I'm like, I'm going to sit here and video and take pictures, all that. And we saw... Um, uh, pufferfish we saw um nurse shark she was like hey she turned around and she was like hey i'm gonna take your picture and i go to get it, my gopro off my wrist and i look back up and she's going shark shark right behind and jeff was behind me and i turned around and a black tip just went right over his head and then cruised to the right and it was like oh, and i was too stunned i was like this is awesome i didn't even get it on my gopro yeah i used to be like well, you know Sharks will get you on the surface. You don't see them coming. I, I get that. And I said, like, but underwater, you would you would see them, and you'd be able to no, do the thing where you where you touch you. their nose and you push them away. And then uh, I guess I didn't get the whole three sixty concept, you know. And so right. and so here I'm in this, this shark just that's a black tip. I'm not gonna do anything, but it's still like yeah, okay. It was like I was in Montana months once, and I said, "You just outrun a bear, you know." I, the whole you are all laughing, you know. You just got to be. You, I just got to outrun you. The confidence and, is high in this one. Yeah, and, and 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 then we actually saw a bear run. So it ran. This bear ran across the street and back, and it was so fast. I was like, "Yeah, no, he's gonna eat you, and then eat me too." So, right, exactly. When nature, yeah, when nature attacks. I, I tell you what. So my husband's out on the water just about every day and he does not get in the water. He does not because he sees huge bull sharks and all these like really aggressive um, and they'll eat his fish a lot mm -hmm. of times, that, especially if he has like a big tarpon on the line, hammerhead will come up and eat your fish like right when you're reeling it in. Oh, wow. And so. So he doesn't so, get in the water. <laughs> no. But y'all get in the water. No, no more than ankle deep. <laughs> Yeah, he'll let me jump in. I jumped in to swim with a dolphin like a couple of years ago, me and my friend. And then it was a great idea until we were in the water and this huge creature is like swimming between us aggressively. And I was like, oh, I don't know about this because it was much bigger in the water when it's right next to you. So. Yeah. Oh, wow. Huh. One of the dolphins might protect you from the shark, though. Maybe. Maybe. I mean, there is um, there is a video of a woman who was swimming with a humpback whale, and the humpback whale was protecting her. It oh, was, really? Yeah. It Like, I saw the video. I was like, that's kind of really incredible. It kept bumping her and moving her away and, like, actually coming at her and, like, trying to push her away. And she was like, I don't know what's going on with this thing and why it keeps trying to push me. And then she gets out of yeah. the water and once it's out of the water, the humpback whale was like, okay, cool. And then she sees the um, a fin for, she said it was a uh, great white that was off in the distance that was coming close to her. So the humpback whale was trying to get her back on the boat and it, she got it all on video too. And it was really cool. That's crazy. So are y'all going to have a show now that we're all back to in person? Are you going to have a atrium 24? I think we just, uh, I still have a lot to do. 
on the on the sales and marketing side. But you know, like the biggest the biggest need that we're seeing is um, just all things sales and marketing training. Mm-hmm. And so before the pandemic, we had a whole training uh, studio set up, and my goal was to bring people in and train them on um, doctor detailing and all those sorts of things. But it's funny because all the pharmacies around the country, they're so different, as you know. Um, and we would all love to be able to find that like sales rep that could come work for the pharmacy and do all the things and be the right person. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's one of the biggest challenges that all of my pharmacies have is, is finding that person. Uh, and then once you do find that person, imagine everything that you have to set up. So legally, there's a ton of compliance that has to take place. There's yeah. a ton of, I mean, yeah, you know, we, we talked about reading. Um, I have read a lot of the books that you mentioned. I guess I just don't, I don't count them. You don't count them. <laughs> yeah. My, my, they got not, mixed not, in between them, Fifty of Shades of Grey and that stuff, so they don't really count. <laughs> no, like uh, like all the Purple Cow and all the things and the, the Seven Habits. Um, but I'll, I'll have to go. I loved Rocket Fuel about like your integrator and your visionary. Mm-hmm. Um, but I read a ton of I read a ton of like um, OIG indictments and the DOJ and all that. Okay. Um, mm-hmm. So you because, should read the I mean, Steve Voss's uh, the the Steve it's Steve Voss right? Uh, Chris Voss. Chris Voss. You should read that book. Yeah. That um, never, never split, split the, difference. the difference. All right, I will. Yeah, it's a good uh, negotiating. Just for you. No, it's a lot of even if you just got the cliff notes. Um, I, well, I think yeah, is, I think you would find in. some some value of that he's real down on compromises. You know, if if yeah. if you want to wear black shoes and your wife thinks you wear brown shoes, you compromise. You wear one black shoe and one brown shoe. <laughs> that doesn't work out. So a lot of time compromises right. aren't a good thing. You know, you really have to decide. Um, especially do it this as, way as yours are, you're hitting, you're starting to hit the teenager stage. Mm-hmm. Yes, that is true. Yeah, yeah. I would pull out every tool you got. That's, that, that's going to be a good book for teenagers. I agree with that. Yes. Prepping for exactly. teenagers. Yeah. Yeah. I so so, the help I can so get you're there. thinking more training sessions, things more like Kelly Babcock's doing mm-hmm. now, or you have smaller group come together yep. and you take them to a workshop. That That's probably more appropriate, yeah. I think, for what you're doing. Now, now you're also doing paid detailing, right? Are, are you still doing that where, where a pharmacy can pay you to do the detailing for them? Is that? Somewhat. Still experimenting so, with um, it? We Yeah, we have it in pilot phase right now. We have it going in um, three different states, uh, four different markets. Um, it's just, it's, it's the full spectrum. I tell pharmacies, whether, you know, that's, that's all the way. That's like the, the best white glove service where Atrium actually has hired sales reps around the country, um, in markets where we have a really strong pharmacy on mm-hmm. the operation side who I know can deliver what okay. this rep's going to go out selling. Yeah. So we hire the rep and then, um, we, onboard them, put them through all the compliance and all the training, Mm -hmm. um, set up everything that so time consuming and pharmacy owners don't know how to do because this is all new to us. Everything from the position agreement to the expectations daily, weekly, monthly, accountability, tracking, Mm -hmm. incentivization, and all these things, motivation, coaching, holding that rep accountable. Um, So we have a rep manager on staff who manages those reps talks to them every day, looks at their expenses, mm-hmm. um, looks at all the things that you have to do. Benefits, we offer them benefits and you have to be competitive with pharma and like pharma sales rep positions are really well paid and they, they have benefits. So 
if you're going to bring in a ringer farmer rep in your town who has active relationships, who does things by the book, it's going to be expensive. Right. So uh, every pharmacy around the country is not ready for that. And they're not, they don't have the budget to bring on that employee. Um, but we do have some in some markets where we've started to make those connections and started to work on that. And it's going really well. Um, but that's all the way. That's like maximum service. Right. So on the other end of the spectrum, um, we help a lot of pharmacies where it's like, okay, nobody has ever gone out and detailed and you don't even know where to start. So this is where you start. This is who you'll go visit. You know, we'll look at their data. This is your message. We'll custom mm-hmm. brand it all for them. We look at like reimbursement data in their area. We look at all the products and services that they offer. So I like to say, we look at your patients, your payers, and your passions, mm-hmm. and then create a marketing plan with you. And then we hold them accountable, you know, on actually executing that plan. And and it works. It's just, it's completely different and customizable for everybody around the country. Gotcha. Super cool. And and and, and different. I don't think anybody mm-hmm. else is, is doing that today for, no. for independent pharmacy. No, they're not. I mean, you'll have other consulting firms that are doing, here, here, well, here's how you start MedSync, here's how you our finance. Pay, right. yeah, our yeah. finances, but no, that's, that's super unique and, and amazing. So, well, it was great well, talking you. to you. I think we're at our hour, but, um, it was good talking to you. It's cool. All the stuff you're doing for pharmacy. We thank you for doing that and, and, uh, for being part of the, the bigger team. I know you like being the a part of the picture. team. Yeah. We're of, part of that of big team trying to save and, and revitalize, revitalize independent yep. pharmacy and uh, looking forward yep, to will you absolutely. be at NCPA. Yes. Good. We have to come by and say hi. We're going to have a Catalyst booth. Yes. So we're going to be uh, have, oh, a, nice. have a big video wall behind mm-hmm. us and inviting uh, people who've been on the podcast and stuff or, or people who have ideas for people, right. other people who might they recommend being on. Kind of a tell it, come by and tell us who your heroes are. Mm-hmm. You know, let's see if we can get them on the podcast. Oh, so. cool. Who's your hero and how did they inspire you? So we'll be um, doing that at NCPA. So yeah. we look forward to and seeing And Marsha's practicing the, oh, it's me. No. <laughs> <laughs> Of course, that's what I would say. That's right. All right, Nicolette. Good to see you. (laughs) Thanks. Thank you so much. All right. Bye-bye. 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 Thank you for watching the Catalyst Pharmacy Podcast. If you enjoyed today's episode, please like, subscribe, and follow us wherever you get your podcast. Give us a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts to help us reach more pharmacy professionals like you.